Hello and welcome to the second episode of Sector 2. In today's show, I talk to Alex. Um, you may know him from the Gear Racing Podcast. And we talk about the COVID procedures he's seen at three different racetracks this year. Um, I feel like that's a pretty unique experience in the 2020 uh, world, going to three different racetracks. We talk about the COVID procedures at those tracks and from this last week at Kansas Speedway when we were both there. And if the audio sounds funny, that is why, because I went to the Kansas Speedway, so I'm not back in my normal setup in Chicago. Um, with that said, here you go. Uh, enjoy today's show. Welcome to the second episode of Sector 2. Today I'm joined by Alex, aka New Gaiden, on Twitter. Um, this is the other half of the Gay Racing Podcast. Last week I talked to Zach. Today it is Alex. Alex, welcome to uh, this show. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah. Um, thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks for being here. Um, so we we just kind of talked about this on the Gay Racing Podcast, um, but you have had a very unique experience as a motorsports fan this year, and that is that you have been to three whole different racetracks. Um, and I've been to two, you've been to three. Um, I was at Iowa, you were at Iowa. I was at Kansas, you were at Kansas, but you were also at Gateway. Um, so what tracks do you normally go to, like in a given year? Usually I only go to Kansas in terms of like NASCAR and the car. It's usually just Kansas. Uh, this year before COVID, I planned on going to Iowa Speedway and I wanted to keep going to that because even when they let fans in and everything. So I went to Iowa, uh, the spring Kansas race got canceled. Um, because no fans were allowed in. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy a ticket to gateway so I could keep it up with my three races for the year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just usually go to Kansas every year though. So what, um, Obviously, this is a lot different race fan uh, experience in 2020 than you'd probably uh, have traditionally. Um, what were the experiences like? Who had the best? Who was the worst? What worked? What didn't? For like COVID protocols? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say Kansas Speedway really went above and beyond for me. Like... They had people walking around with little signs saying, please wear a mask, please social distance. And then when you pull into the parking lot, even they, I don't know if they gave it to you, but they like have the um, entry policy, like in this mm. plastic bag, they hand it out to everyone. And it's just telling you what, what's allowed in, what's not allowed in. And all the parking spots are scattered apart. Uh, Gateway did not do that at mm. all. Gateway had no guidance iowa did um then kansas had people cleaning the handrails um and they had i don't know if you noticed this but iowa they didn't really have people announcing like hey please be sure to yeah stay social distance wear a mask and all that at kansas that was playing like nonstop. it was all the time and I liked pre-race on the screens because there weren't driver intros or anything. And since they phased everybody in, I mean, everyone got there pretty decently early for their right, they be, like, pre-race show. Um, they played an episode of Deal Jr.'s Lost Speedway show. And where the show has built in commercial breaks, they would basically have a driver reading off a, like, COVID PSA 
about like wearing a mask and washing your hands and they yeah. were pretty on it i thought i think having a driver say it is like more likely to make a fan be like huh maybe wearing a mask isn't as bad as i thought it was or something yeah yeah and then there was of course the added layer of it being so freezing cold uh, on that kansas day um oh it was freezing that was certainly a factor i actually i wore two masks it was so cold <laughs> uh but yeah um so uh when did you start going to kansas uh when was your first or i guess when do you remember your first race at Kansas Speedway? How'd you get uh, into going to Kansas Speedway? How'd you get into racing uh, in general? Well, my first race at Kansas was in 2005. So you're my bird, by the way. She's chirping. <laughs> um, but yeah, my first race at Kansas was 2005. My aunt lives down here in Kansas City. So my grandma and I would just kind of stay with her. So we wouldn't need like a hotel or anything. Um, I got into racing because my grandma's into racing, my grandpa's into racing. Like a whole family, most of my family was like into racing. When watch NASCAR, I would go to my local dirt tracks mm. um, every single week. Like when I was like 11, I went to about five a week, four a week. Oh my gosh, was, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And my hometown had two dirt tracks right across the street from each other, Sioux City, Iowa. Hmm. Um, there's Park Jefferson Speedway, which is like a three-eighths of a mile track, and Raceway Park across the street is very short. I don't know the exact length of it. Both dirt tracks, so I went to those all the time, and when I was like a toddler, like two years old, my my neighbor across the street raced in the hobby stock class at those dirt tracks in town. Hmm. And that's, and I got to meet him. I got to, he'd put his car outside and like rev up the engine and I'd like <laughs> run up to the door. There's a picture of me somewhere of me like staring out the window and he'd put like M&Ms on his car, which is part of why I really grew to like the M&Ms car and NASCAR hmm. growing up. Um, but yeah, I would say all those factors are how I got into racing. So I'd say now you're pretty um, you're pretty established in like the NASCAR Twitterverse. Um, you've got the Gay Racing podcast going now. Um, when did you uh, like get into this like I don't know like this Twitter neighborhood that uh, I guess is the kind of way to describe it in the NASCAR Twitter world? When did you uh, get into that? I would actually say I've been around it since probably 2014. 2015 um like i followed the orange cone nascar chasm yes <laughs> all the reporters like i followed all them i didn't really start like being like actually tweeting about it and like being myself and stuff in nascar twitter until two years ago or so um the first person that like i started interacting with that's now a friend of mine now is like brooke Curran, really good friend mm. of mine Mm -hmm. um she was kind of the catalyst for me like oh there's like a group of people around my age who mm -hmm. watch nascar and i think about a year after i started interacting with her is when i'm i started transitioning my twitter account from being like from about bands and stuff i talked about over mm. to nascar because that was my true passion and it is my true passion that's a uh, that's yeah uh, i feel like that's kind of similar to how i feel is like 
I think the day I joined Twitter was the, I remember specifically, it was the 2015 Coke Zero 400, the race that um, mm. lasted all night. Austin Dillon flew into the uh, tents. Um, but I feel like um, I kind of, I, I feel like I've been on like a similar journey that you were talking about. And I feel like you and Zach were kind of, what Brooke was to you, I feel like you guys have kind of have been and are that for me is that I realized oh, cool. that like, there's like that stuff going on. And it's really mm -hmm. changed my, I think my view on NASCAR in general is that like the, I don't know, it's, it's hard to remember back like pre Twitter, like my feelings on NASCAR because things were so different, but like then I was like limited to like J ski, you know? Right. And like, I don't know. It's just like the, my racing world has been completely different since I started um, interacting on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. And I, I remember like when Brad Kozlowski tweeted a picture from his car. Yeah. That's kind of, I think 2012. Yep. I think I, I think that's around then is when I made a Twitter account or I had <laughs> one and wasn't really using it yet. Yeah. Um, and by, and by the time Dale Jr. made a Twitter account, everyone was like freaking out like, Oh, if he wins, he'll oh, make right. a, once at the 2500, he'll make a Twitter account. Yeah. I was tweeting about band stuff. And Dale Jr. happened to like my favorite band at the time, about a year into he was on Twitter. He tweeted about my favorite band at the time, 21 Pilots. And I'm like, oh my God, Dale Jr. likes my favorite band. Hmm. And I tweeted at him about it. And Dale Jr. liked and replied to me. Oh my God. Like, yeah. And I'm like, this is cool. I'm going to start using, I'm going to start interacting with NASCAR Twitter more. Interesting. Oh, that's crazy. I also think it's interesting, like, how the NASCAR Twitter world itself has changed so much in just the last five years. Oh, no kidding. Um, because I think it's, it's really uh, easy to get kind of lost in the timetable of things. Um, like, Brad Keselowski's tweet that kind of, like, launched NASCAR into the social media age like that was almost a decade ago. That's like, crazy. That is closer to the start of the playoffs format. Like, like that was only two years away from the start of the playoffs versus now we're like in our sixth year of the playoff format. So I think it's just really interesting to think about how how that has changed not only in on not only the industry but also like the on track product and how things have changed that way. Um. Like especially like all these discussions we have about like you know the package capital T capital P <laughs> is how we started referring to it I think after this weekend um, right all that that whole all those conversations and all those things are so different um, than they would be like off of Twitter and I also think about um, like how my uh, interpretation of NASCAR right now would be probably a lot different if I was not on Twitter. I I could agree with that I. I think that's with anything online, really, when you get mm -hmm. into a fandom, you really let, like you were just talking about this on the Gay Racing Podcast. It's kind of, I think the perceptions will change based on what you see other people saying. Mm -hmm. um, I saw a tweet, I think it was Pete Pistoni with Sirius. He was saying that he got a lot of positive feedback on the Kansas race. Oh, yes, right. On the Sirius XM calling yeah. into their shows. Yeah. And they're like people that aren't on Twitter. Right. So because that's, that's their really interesting. Which that could also be another interesting thing. I was kinda of talking to my dad about this actually, is how like 
radio broadcasts a race versus how like TV broadcasts a race. Mm -hmm. Like, I think maybe, I don't know if they're calling into SiriusXM, I'm assuming they're probably listening to the race on SiriusXM. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know enough about like media consumption and stuff to say that. But um, it is, it's really interesting to think about how just like when I'm at the track, I'm listening to the scanners, I'm listening to MRN. And occasionally if I'm like working during a race, I'll listen to MRN. But the MRN broadcast is so much different than how TV does it. And I mean, they have to be, obviously. But like, mm-hmm. there's always like a sense of urgency. Things just always seem more exciting, even if they're like, maybe not. I don't know. It's always exciting when I'm at the actual track and you can yes. hear the radio <laughs> broadcast. Yeah. Like, um, when... Joey Logano spun Matt Kenseth. Oh yeah, Kansas turn one. When Dave Dave Moody's call of that is still ingrained in my brain and will always be. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So you are. So your Twitter username has changed recently. You went through a. I don't. I guess it's not like a rebranding, <laughs> but it is now New Gaiden. Uh. So. Uh, so you started. You said you were talking about when you were younger. You were going to the. The dirt track family was into NASCAR. When did you uh, discover Joseph Newgard? When did that? Uh, <laughs> when did all that start? When did you get an IndyCar? Well, I would usually watch the Indy 500 every year. I don't know for yes. sure when I started watching that. I feel I went to the Indy races at Kansas. That's kind of oh, yeah, how I yeah. first figured out what IndyCar was. So I'd watch the Indy 500. Um, the thing with Joseph, I always liked him. Like, as soon as he kind of popped up, and, you know, like, I'm gay, I thought that he was cute, but, <laughs> and it's like, huh, I kind of, I kind of like him, and, you know, just, I, I would turn into the 500, he, I know one year qualified on the front row in the 21 car, and I'm like, wow, he's, he's pretty good, and then he won a race in that 21 car, which isn't, like, a top-tier car. Right. And you, know, I don't think I, I don't think I watched those races. Like I just remember like seeing headlines like Joseph Newgarden wins at blah blah blah, and I'm like, oh, that's him. That's that guy. I that's like that guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the defining moment for me in becoming a Joseph Newgarden fan was his crash at Texas. That horrific crash he had at Texas that like put him in the hospital and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, like that's that that's that guy. <laughs> That's, That's that guy, guy the same guy. And I'm like, oh my God, is he going to be okay? And then not even a few weeks later, he goes to Iowa Speedway and like dominates, absolute dominates. This is 2016 at Iowa Speedway. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's a badass. I'm going to watch a more IndyCar. It's like, I was starting to watch more IndyCar at this point. I mean, I watched race at Iowa, but I'm like, this guy's incredible. He w- he nearly died pretty much at Texas. Then he goes a few weeks later and just outright dominates in a not top tier car. He was with Ed Carpenter Racing, who was right. kind of like mid to low tier at the time. And then after that, he gets signed to Team Penske. And you know, as a NASCAR fan, I know who Team Penske is. Yeah, you know that guy. Yeah. So at that point, I'm like, okay. I'm all in. I'm going to watch the whole season. This is my driver. And that's just kind of led to today. Um, I've seen him win two championships now. And 
he and I are best buds on Twitter. Yeah, you two are <laughs> always, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> um, then this year you went to Iowa, and then you won at Iowa, and then you went to Gateway. So Yes, he won both IndyCar races I went to this year at Iowa and Gateway. You got to get yourself to the uh, championship finale this week. You got to make that happen. I, sh- I should tweet at him and Team Penske be like, hey, you know who <laughs> was at Iowa too and Gateway <laughs> too, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, last week I was talking to Zach about the Gay Racing Podcast, which mm-hmm. I guess I'll um, – don't need to and go draw it again. Um, but so where do you um, – I guess where do you see the future of that going? Um, do you guys have any, like, big plans for it, or are you kind of just, like, cruising? Well, first, it, the Gay Racing Podcast kind of started out as a joke. I think Zach mentioned that on here last week. And, you know, it just kind of became like, you know, we sort of kind of sort of have a platform like he has 800 some followers, I just hit 500. And there's not really any LGBT voices in like the NASCAR sphere, you know, and we have gotten ever since NASCAR, like grouped up with we can play, or you can play. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, we Zach and I have both gotten so many messages from people being like, oh my God, I can't believe there's more uh, LGBT NASCAR fans out there. So when we kind of talked about it as a joke, we were like, wait, we're both like, we could do something here. Like mm-hmm. we're funny. And yeah. like, we could, we could do something with this. Um, at first we we're just like, let's, let's just kind of dip our toe in the water, see uh, what happens here. And like the reception it has gotten, like we have, I probably shouldn't say who well, we've had messages that mm-hmm. wanting to be a guest on it, but we've had quite a few big-ish names send mm-hmm. in like messages to us to be like, mm-hmm. hey, I'd like to be on there sometime. I'd love to talk to you guys. Or we've had several just race car drivers, like local drivers, be like hey it'd be this is so cool that you're doing this i never thought i'd see this hmm. um and for the future like for next year like right now if you listen to our podcast it's kind of just we're just going with the flow right uh, for next year we kind of want to have more structure to it mm-hmm. and you know we want to we want it to be a bit more professional but also we don't want to lose our personality with it like we don't want to be like just like a news report sort of thing you know right um if anything i think we just want to be able to use a platform that we have and use that to show that hey to to show to other lgbt people like hey there are gay race car fans out there racing fans out there right and like you're not alone Mm -hmm. and i think that's been one of the most fulfilling things that we could have done and if that's all it turns out to be then i'm perfectly happy with that but it would also like zach and i have kind of daydreamed about it like thinking like huge goals like we're not saying we think this will happen but like it'd be really we've kind of sort of talked about like what if nascar or indycar approached us to be like an lgbt voice for them yeah like that'd be insane like that would that just sounds impossible but i mean they but i think i mean 
I would have totally thought that was insane. I mean, even like six months ago, but the way things have been going this year, um, especially I talked about it uh, with Zach and it's, it's going to be, I mean, going to remember this forever, but the month of June for NASCAR this year was so significant. Absolutely. Um, for what they've done. And now like an idea, like what you just said, like that is totally in the realm of possibility. And like, I would be very excited to see that happen. Like, um, but uh, yeah, I just, I think you guys are doing uh, cool stuff with that. And um, I'm glad it's happening and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Thank you. We, we definitely want to keep growing on it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll have to see what holds for the future, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, so now I've got these kind of uh, those are those are I guess the the more serious questions. Now I have the like I don't know what the word is. These are kind of the ones that I feel like these are the ones I guess are comparable to like twelve questions kind of questions. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So this is this one I didn't ask Zach this one last week because I kind of came up with it, which I guess. I don't know. This isn't uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> what is the single most important moment in motorsports since you started watching in 2005? What moment? Uh, yeah. What single moment is the most important? I will say I have been watching since I was like a baby. So I've probably been watching since like 99. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what has changed the most? What's the, what's the single most important moment? Like, Hmm. this moment is important since you like have been following enough to like know what's happening. That's a tough one. I, I think the change in the playoff structure really is probably the Hmm. like biggest thing they've changed. Um, If you, if you want to dig deeper to that, I think the, I think Keselowski's tweet, like we mentioned, is a, mm-hmm. another huge, huge moment. Um, then Dale Jr. joining Twitter, that also, both of those things are mm-hmm. huge. But, like, not everyone's affected by that. So well, I, I mean, it's, I think it's changed the industry. Like, oh, for sure. So, I mean, like, I, um, I remember, who was that? Was it... Was that when Jeff Glock left the, or I think it was before he got picked up by the, or when he was doing jeffglock.com between USA Today and between mm-hmm. the Athletic, he talked about how, um, like, he was one of the ones that, like, first capitalized on social media in terms right. of, like, sports journalism stuff and how that's, like, basically the reason he has the career he does now slash still. Mm-hmm. And like the the Keselowski uh, backstretch picture and Junior joining, I mean, those are two big moments. Yeah, I would say like from like a a rules standpoint, I think the adding the chase in two thousand four two thousand five would be the biggest change that has changed for me, um, in the playoff structure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's um, a hard question. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of I just just throw it at you, real casual. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's say 
you're starting a NASCAR Cup Series team right now. You mm -hmm. can get four drivers. You get somebody like Michael Jordan with you. You get all this money. You get all this hype. You can pretty much sign anybody. Silly season's all open. Who are the four drivers you target starting in 2021? Okay. I thought about this a little bit. I'm still a little torn. Um, I want Joey Logano because I think Joey Logano is going to keep winning. Mm -hmm. Is going to keep winning championships. And then I've really been watching Sam Mayer down in ARCA and the Truck Series. Uh -huh. I really think out of all the drivers right now in Truck, ARCA, anything below that, Sam Mayer is the only one I think is actually showing loads of potential. I mean, he won both the Truck and ARCA Bristol races, right, didn't he? I believe so. I think so, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, I would go with Sam Mayer. Hmm. And then, hmm. I think I would go with Kyle Busch because he's still pretty young, but he'd be like the older veteran. Right. Like I don't I don't think you can go with all like Joey Logano, he's been around for ten years now, but he's still pretty young. Mm -hmm. I think you, you gotta have at least one older. I think we've seen Hendrick kind of struggle by not doing that. Well, especially now when you have Jimmy Lee in it. <clears throat> oh, especially now. Yeah. And then speak of Hendrick, my fourth one I would say <laughs> is Alex Bowman. All right. That's good, yeah. Yeah. Alex yeah. Bowman, I know people have opinions on whether he's overhyped or not, but I really think he has a lot of potential and we're going to see that next year. But yeah, yeah. Joey Logano, Sam Mayer, Kyle Busch, and Alex Bowman. That is a, it's a pretty, that's it's a pretty good team. I like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's called uh, New Garden Motorsports. Joseph New Garden <laughs> is the co-owner. Oh, he's, the, <laughs> so he's, he's going to keep, Yeah. <laughs> Um, An association so, with Team Finsky. That's how we got Logano. Oh, they're <laughs> like they need they need to clear up that space for Cindric. Exactly. So they sent Logano to your team. That's yeah. <laughs> and then that would be fun to have Kyle and Joey on the same team. You could make oh, that a thing. <laughs> um. So, uh, next one. Let's say you are a member of the France family, and you have basically no consequences for your actions what is okay. one uh, decision change you make in nascar right now what is one thing do i have the power to over the television people um i mean you can decide who the television contracts are with so yeah i think Ooh. so you can be like, if you don't do this, then we're going to go to CBS or whatever. No commercials during Whoa. green flag racing. Ooh. That is what I would want. Interesting. I think that is the biggest hurdle in NASCAR right now. Like, I know there's the package. There's other issues with the stages, whatever else, the playoffs. But you, the commercials are ridiculous. It is overbearing it is the motorsport is the only form of sports that i know of at least that has commercials during the actual sporting and event beyond that so, full screen commercials 
like yes. straight up you can't see what's happening. Right. Yeah. Like you know, side by side's okay, but I still don't think that's enough. I think commercials should only happen during actual caution flags and all that. I guess as the France family, I would be shifting the money that you get from Xfinity, Bush, Coca-Cola. Um, who's the other one? I don't know. Geico. Geico? Did you say Geico? Yeah. I'll that put that money toward the TV money. I just need to, they need to completely restructure it. And I'm yeah. probably wrong on how they're doing it. But well, those four yeah. can be like mother mothers with Formula One and ESPN. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think it. I think that's how it should Which, uh, work. I mean, basically, when you think about when you're watching a NASCAR race, the commercials you see are pretty much those four, like Toyota and like Liberty Mutual. Like, I feel like those are yeah. kind of like that's kind of like pretty much honestly. So. Um, yeah, and then there's a bunch was, of NASCAR commercials. Like, I'm already right. watching NASCAR. That's, that's a whole other problem. Like, that's my biggest issue with it, really. Yes, it's disgusting when it happens. I'm already watching the race. You should be impressing me with your on-track. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like, why are we in an ad for you and I'm already yeah. watching you? Put this stuff during the NFL. Put this stuff during, like, NBC News mm. or something. Like. Yeah anywhere else but the actual race yeah that's interesting um yeah the whole you know i mean you'd have to re rethink the whole tv broadcast oh but for I think, sure thinking about how like f1 has it that's like it's crazy the difference between watching an f1 race and watching a uh a nascar race mm-hmm. totally different experience um Next question. This is I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this one to everybody. I think it's gonna be like the thing. Um, so you're gonna pick a racing series, and you are going to try to predict their 2025 champion. So, uh, oh man, five seasons from now, I'm letting you pick the series, so you get some kind of like, okay, I don't know, flexibility for yourself, but you have to pick a champion in five years. Let me think on this one for a second. <laughs> You're allowed, I was You're thinking, allowed. I was thinking maybe it could be like, ooh, I'm gonna pick like Xfinity, and I'll say some, I'll say something like Ty Gibbs or something. Like that was my initial thought, mm-hmm. but I don't know, if, I don't know how fast they're gonna rush him. Right, because um, I mean, five years in theory, he should be. Yeah, I don't know because like you got also think like well. Like, because that's going to depend on, like, Kyle Busch leaving and, like, yeah, uh, Denny Hamlin leaving and, like, how all that is timing out. Whether he, because, like, if they're not, I mean, because Kyle Busch, will, I'm assuming, will still be here in five years. Right. I think Truex would be the one over there that would leave at some point in the next five years. Right. You know what? I'm going to go with the safe one, but I do want to come up with one for Cup, if, that, if that's okay. <laughs> Oh. I'm going to say Joseph Newgarden will win the 2025 IndyCar Championship. All right. That's not just because I'm a fan of his, but he <laughs> he's just – he's going to win as many as Scott Dixon, I think. He's that good. Yeah. He's, well, I mean, like, he is – of the veteran group, he is, like, the youngest and, like, best. Yeah. He's, like, only, he's, he's only, like, 30, 
29 or 30. Yeah, so he'll be around for a while, and he's with Pinsky, which is the team. (laughs) So he can be chilling for a while in that car, winning races. For sure. So I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say Chase Briscoe is a 2025 Cup Series champion. Mm, Just announced today he's going to the 14. Yes, this comes up for the recently announced uh, move to Cup for him. So five years. Um, I'm trying to think about because so my thought, Chase Elliott moved up in what 16 was his first full season with Chase. I think so. And I think it would be reasonable to pick Chase Elliott as a championship next year. So mm-hmm. yeah, that could make sense. I mean, because he's he's not just like he's older for an Xfinity guy. So yeah. And my thought is Kevin Harvick might retire. Yeah. So my thought yeah. is he might get a whole bunch more attention. You know, like yeah. Chase Briscoe, in my mind, is probably going to be the number two guy after Harvick in terms of performance. Right. So I feel like it's probably – that's kind of what I'm thinking, that he's going to get a lot of the four crew and maybe even Rodney Childers. Who knows? Um, yeah, oh, that's Chase Briscoe. Yeah, we'll have to see how all that works out. Because I guess I haven't I haven't even had the chance to really think big picture yet, how you have, like, now you have Harvick and Almarola as old guys there. Yeah. And now suddenly you have Briscoe and Custer who could be around forever, potentially, if they um, – Yeah. Which, I mean, Custer was in the playoffs this year winning that race, so. Like, this is a more long-form discussion, but I feel like Stuart Haas would probably have to downsize – once either Almarola or Harvick retire, but you know, yeah, it's interesting. That's, I mean, like, I don't know, it's crazy because it feels like, I mean, also, we don't know the next gen car how this is all gonna, right, how this is all gonna play out on not only like on track performance, but like what a race it could change what a race team looks like, even like, oh my god, I just knocked over. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the next gen car could really mix things up. We don't really know um, how that's all going to roll out. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I guess uh, I guess that's it. Do you have anything else uh, to share in terms of uh, motorsports, big picture, small picture? I don't know. <laughs> um, not that I can think of. Uh, just Stan, Joseph Newgarden. Uh-huh. Hopefully, three-time IndyCar champion, currently currently a we will, two-time champion. We will see in a matter of days whether that <laughs> uh, statement I know. Um, and but, thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me on the Gay Racing Podcast. We just recorded that right before this. So if you can hear more conversation on COVID protocols and Kyle Larson and <laughs> capital T, capital P, the package. Um, Check that out. Um, it's a good show. And yeah, thanks for uh, coming on, Alex. Yeah, of course. I'll happily come back if you want me. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> and that concludes today's conversation with Alex. Uh, if you want to hear more from him, you can follow him on Twitter at new, N-E-W, gay, J-Y, Dan, D-N, new gay, <laughs> Um If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore J Todd 14 underscore. And I guess that's all I got for today. Have a wonderful rest of your day or next day or (laughs) I don't know.
have a good time. <laughs>